All right, welcome to the Fresh Jive podcast. We got episode one today. Uh, we're launching the new podcast. We got two special guests today with us. We got Homer John Baloch, and we got Billy Emmett. Uh, let's uh, give a quick introduction, guys. Let's, uh, Homer, you want to start us off? Uh, first of all, glad to be here. Um, thanks for the invite. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Billy, how about yourself? Also, thank you for the invite. I did not expect to be in the episode one, but I'm glad I'm here. You know, this is, uh, we're trying something new. It's a new format. Um, you know, we're, you know, everyone's been doing podcasts, but this is, you know, something fun for us to get together and just talk and, you know, share some of our fun stories and the good times that we all have with each other with the rest of the world. I, uh, I just had a curiosity. What was the old format? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, let's not get into that. Maybe we'll save that one for episode two. <laughs> okay, so obviously this is our first time doing a podcast. Um, but yeah, you know, we're just trying to do something new. You know, see, uh, you know, try, I mean, new hobby for myself. I mean, not different from an old podcast, you know, something like that. So um, some little background on the name Fresh Jive. It was actually my AOL Instant Messenger screen name. Uh, fresh Jive. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, for the younger audience, can you tell us what AOL is? <laughs> um, it was basically the internet before with its current form. Uh, you know, it was America Online. Uh, everybody would just sign on. Um, you'd have your screen name and you'd just send instant messages to each other. And that was how everybody communicated back in the day. And that's how, you know, when you met girls or whatever, you were like, hey, what's your a AOL Instant Messenger screen name? And that's how you talk to them back in the day. And I also remember that's how we got uh, free video games. Well, we're not going to go into that right now. Because I mean, they were trial. They were, you know, freeware. Yes, yes, demos, yeah, right, demos. Right, right. All right. <laughs> that being said, uh, just so everybody knows as well, uh, Homer is my older brother, uh, and Bilal is his brother-in-law. That's the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bro, so you want to, I mean, because I'm just naturally going to say bro throughout this conversation. So I uh, just want to let every, all our viewers know about that. So, bro, you want to tell uh, the people a little bit about yourself? Sure. So um, I work as a lawyer uh, at a firm called Baker McKinsey, focused on M&A a little bit, uh, less so now, but more focused on funds work and blockchain, fintech, uh, a little bit in the NFT, NFT space. Um Things of that nature. And then on the side, I do a little bit of real estate investing, and I also teach at Wayne State Law School, uh, the mergers and acquisitions course, and sometimes international tax. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Billy, how about yourself? You want to give uh, the people uh, some background about yourself? Uh, yeah, yeah. The, um, uh, just uh, I've been training jiu-jitsu for quite some time, and I actually, actually uh, have an academy uh, that I'm running uh, over there. And uh, just, uh, like I said, I'm glad to make it in uh, California for the first uh, episode of the uh, podcast. A quick plug for the academy. Oh. Can you tell us where it's located? In Hawaii, Kapolei. I mean, hopefully my uh, some of the viewers we'll, is going to be we'll, from we'll, 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 drop the, we'll drop the link in the bio. <laughs> yeah. Just click the link in the bio and then you guys can register. Yeah, and uh, just use promo code FreshJive Podcast. <laughs> uh, get what, what type of incentives can we get the viewers? 20% discount? That's really good. On an ongoing basis or first month only? Uh, first month only. I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, you know, they got to keep the lights on. So. <laughs> All right, well, there you have it. 20% off. Uh, that's the first uh, sponsorship deal. Uh, uh, so the Fresh Jive Podcast brought to you by the Kapolei. Gracie Myra, <laughs> I'm actually get, uh, glad that Homer is actually here, so I could maybe hopefully talk about one of the things that I got myself into jujitsu was this individual right over here. Next yeah, to uh, Billy, why don't you talk, kick us off? Oh, with is that, that where you're yeah, going straight to the topic? Yeah, let's I mean, talk about that. Shoot, I, I don't, I don't quite remember what. Was uh, I, the, I can, do, I can fill go it for it. Okay, so 
the year was about 2010. Billy and his younger brother, Sergio, and myself, we were just wrestling in our living room, moved the coffee table out of the way. Yeah. And just like, it was me versus both of them, you know. Robert, you were doing uh, jiu-jitsu training at that time, right? Yeah, I started jiu-jitsu training around 2009. I uh, wanted to be a cage fighter, ultimately, but mm-hmm. you know, decided against it. But starting with jiu-jitsu <laughs> and did a little Muay Thai, um, got in really good shape. It's a great workout. And so I wanted to introduce Billy to it because it's, it's sort of like having a superpower. It's like you don't need to be strong. You just use leverage and technique. And uh, it doesn't matter what your opponent's size is. It's just like they don't know what's going on. They don't know how to counter the moves. They don't even know what the moves are. They don't know what you're doing. So they just like uh, fall prey to these movements, right? So I did every move that I knew on Billy. And he was, I think, uh, a little bit impressed. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, whoa, what the heck? Kind of, what, kind of for me a little bit, but yeah, okay. <laughs> I think a lot of the things that we were watching was the UFC when Anderson Silva was around uh, yeah. also. And we were really impressed with some of the techniques that he was doing uh, yeah. you know, on his feet. And, of course, his ground game was amazing, too. Yeah, we were really into UFC at the time. That's true. Yeah, yeah. But then, um, I don't know. Uh, the, I always forgot what was the first Jiu-Jitsu school. I know it was in Michigan. Yeah, yeah. So I think... Uh, I told Billy to come with me to my class and I enrolled him for the first month and he was staying with us for about a month so it's a school called Warrior Way and he did it for a month and uh, I think a lot of the professors were actually uh, impressed by him they were like He's picking up the moves really quickly, yeah. and they kept asking him, hey, have you done this before? Even though he had never done it before. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I was doing both jiu-jitsu and, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, Muay Thai. Yeah, yeah. Right? And then uh, I remember the first day we were doing Muay Thai, uh, the guy took me up on the ring. And I was <laughs> like, oh, what the heck? Like, right, I guess we're going straight into it. You know? Yeah, I've never even been in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shoot, I guess I was that good in Muay Thai also. <laughs> Just so. Yeah, but never went back to Muay hey, Thai, unfortunately. Another school, Muay Thai school. Shh, I guess. Or just add it to or your maybe add it. Yeah, as a class. That's yeah. what the Gracie Ball is starting to do right now, too. Really? Yeah. Okay. Trying to get some of that um, that uh, boxing fitness, kickboxing fitness right. style of it. So, uh, so Billy, Homer introduced you to uh, jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Um, you started training at the Anaheim Hills location on yeah, your own? Yeah, so I guess when I went back to California, where at the time where I was living, I found the closest jiu-jitsu school where I, um, in Anaheim. And then um, it, it so happened to be Gracie Bot and I am Hills, and um, that after that it was just it was, the rest was history. You started doing uh, Gracie Bar and I am Hills. Yeah, Gracie Bar and I am Hills, and then after that, just like I think it was like six, seven days a week, and like at least an hour of training, almost two and a half hours of training that I was doing for I don't know how many years, and then eventually I actually um, got offered to teach classes like teach like kids classes and then started teaching eventually got to the adult classes and stuff like that but so how was that decision um for you and you know working with your parents in terms of focusing more on your jiu-jitsu training and maybe not doing the traditional school route um i know you made the transition where you were really focused on jiu-jitsu and tra- uh, training and yeah teaching. that's a good question yeah i mean the one of the main things too was i kind of started um, pretty young, 17 years old, 18 years old. So I was like a junior, senior at that time. So, I mean, luckily I wasn't letting like jujitsu get too much in the way with my homework or my studying and anything like that. So as long as I was able to finish my, you know, my schoolwork and stuff like that, then I was able to still continue training. So, um, but yeah, going, turning that into like a career for sure. That was a, uh, that was a big turning point. I actually didn't think about like really turn into a career until the age of 24 and that was that was still me training about five five to almost six years at that time and at what point did you decide to make the move to hawaii 
yeah that that was a um crazy conversation with uh you know with my mom and dad obviously because you know how my dad is very strict with wanting to get an education you know go to college you know then do something with that degree just the traditional the traditional way right yeah. so but i knew very early on where i was like okay school is not for me mm -hmm. definitely wasn't um i wasn't very book smart as you can say you know but uh but i knew what i like to do and i knew i believed in it so um one of my best friends uh who's my professor actually professor elias um he was the one that was uh, living at the time in hawaii but he actually came over to to california doing a tournament and he was staying with me kind of saw my situation asked me uh, kind of saw my situation didn't really see he kind of saw that i wasn't really into school and then uh, of course wanted to you know grow the empire you know even bigger than what it was uh in hawaii so mm -hmm. that's when he came and gave me the invite um to hey come over to hawaii help me build a school um teach train let's, let's make it let's make it big over there you know talk us through that conversation that you had with your parents um oh, when yeah. you were first approached that cool yeah. concept of hey i'm gonna move to hawaii and teach uh jiu-jitsu over there and train do my training over there that was a, probably the toughest <laughs> conversation that i had that not so much with my mom because my mom is very supportive sure and, and always helps out, but with my dad more so and it wasn't Sorry. I don't know. No, go ahead. I, I was just curious as you're, you know, talking us through this. Tell us about how you approached your dad first of all for the conversation. I see. I see. So how how did I prepare for yeah. it? Right. Yeah. That was um, it, like I, I was trying to think of like any kind of question my dad would ask me, mm -hmm. and I would come like back at him like right away. Oh, like what if like this happened? Oh, boom! I do this. You know, like mm -hmm. like I'll. Yeah. So definitely, I wrote down uh, like my plan. Because uh, my dad is, you know, he, he wants to know what's the plan. He's going to ask tons of questions. He's going to ask millions of questions until yeah. until he's convinced, right? And even so, you know, that might not even happen. But, um, yeah. but yeah, I wrote down, kind of told him the plan. You know, my plan was to move to Hawaii, uh, stay there for a year, learn the business, how how my friend Elias um, uh, ran jiu-jitsu and how, what he does, what he, what he learned, uh, what I could learn from it for that one year. And, um, so, but it was crazy because once I, um, kind of approached it, like I didn't really expect to, like, a, what kind of reaction my dad would give me. And, um, it was, it was kind of weird because I'm always used to him being mad. Mm -hmm. Right. But like when he gets sad or starts like getting teary eyed, mm -hmm. that's where I'm like, Oh wow, this is like, really different i don't know how to react to this yeah you know and that's, that's new territory for very new territory yeah. and um that was when i was like oh like shoot i wasn't expecting this you know so it was very hard first of all and even telling them like what day to get so to uh, i remember exactly when it was 2017 of uh april 2nd was my birthday the next day april 3rd i left to move to hawaii mm -hmm. when when you saw him getting emotional did that oh. discourage you uh, um no because as soon as elias told me like hey let's go to uh why don't you come to hawaii at that moment that's when i knew like yes i do want to do that because like that cause, was your purpose and you, you maybe you found purpose for I, what you wanted the, to that do that was the main thing because when i was going to school i always feel like man what am i what am i doing mm -hmm. like like what's I, the point i remember this? when you were going to school you were interested in kinesiology yes and uh, yeah. sports medicine type yeah. of thing right yeah yep. um and that was kind of in line with your jujitsu training right yeah yeah that's, that's i guess that was like um uh, like what's like the closest thing to closest, you to closest thing to your passion exactly yeah. right but again there's there's a lot of things that i just didn't even 
um, and I didn't even realize that. I didn't realize like how much studying it is, like biology and science mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I'm like the worst at science, so I was, I was, uh, I didn't really realize how difficult it was going to be to continue kinesiology. So, um, yeah, so so something something to do with jujitsu basically is what mm-hmm. I wanted to do. So, so when Elias approached me with that offer of like, hey, come to come to Hawaii, let's just start training jujitsu from there, I was I was already set. I was already like, yeah. let's make it happen. You know, at that moment, and this was like I would say, three weeks before I moved, and I was like, yes, I said that, but I didn't. I didn't say it. I was thinking it. So, how far in advance did you have that conversation with your parents? Because you said April third, you were you were April third. So April third. So when? Yeah. So when did you have that conversation? That conversation, probably maybe just a couple weeks. A couple weeks. So let yeah. me ask you this: When you were having that conversation, was it getting permission or more like, hey, this is what I'm going to do? It it was um, a little bit of both. I think I would I would like to have that backup mm-hmm. of like you know the parent support. Obviously, yeah. you always want to get that. So it was a little bit more of a like um, I would like to have the permission to go. You know, this is what I want to do. Can I have the blessing? I guess you can say. Uh, but at the same time, like it, my dad wasn't like super convinced and was actually trying to make me um, like somehow stay. Mm-hmm. You know, figure it out. Let's figure it out. But in California. You know, and at, at that moment, I was like, "No, like I don't want to stay in California. I want to move to Hawaii. I want to, tr- I want to do this." You know, and um, and then that's where like he it started going like um, to that point where he's he was like saddened about about that decision. You know, because mm-hmm. he was trying to figure out like, okay, let's let's still do jujitsu, but let's stay in California. Yeah, you know, but be close to home. Be close to home. You know, yeah. but but my mind was already set at that point where I was like, I want. To move to Hawaii and do jiu-jitsu there, you know. Yeah. So I mean, and part of your dad, I mean, of course, he loves you guys. He cares for you guys. So I think part of it was that he wanted you to be close by, so he can kind of have that <clears throat> oversight to make sure that everything was going to go okay with you. Right. Right. Um, you going to Hawaii, three three hour time zone difference. Right. Being in a whole different state. I mean, let oh, alone yeah. Hawaii is a whole different country practically. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have that oversight for you, right? Maybe, right. but I think I remember when you first went. Uh, you grew a lot as a person, right? You yeah. felt that was your first time living on your own. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Right. Yeah. So you have to grow up real quick in that situation. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, I mean, I was twenty-four. Yeah. yeah. I was still, you know, living at my parents at, at that time, right? Mm-hmm. So that was like the first time ever. Like, uh, to be honest, like uh, my my friend Elias helped me out a lot mm-hmm. at that time. But um, but of course, you know, just um, you're 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 on your own, you know, there at the, at the same time. Uh, I, I remember uh, he was telling me about it. He was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get paid two thousand dollars a month, and I I get to live with Elias. No, I don't have to pay for any rent." No, to be honest, uh, no, no, no. The, I don't think I was getting uh, not not. I don't even think he was getting that much. I was getting paid eight hundred a month, a month, free rent. But even even though I was not getting paid that much. And Elias would help me with the rent and stuff like that. Like I still don't regret. Like yeah, and you told me you were telling me like that was a great deal. I, to be <laughs> honest, time. to be honest, uh, like it was like it, like don't it, have to pay for food, don't have to pay for rent. No, I do. I did. I did have to pay for food. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean essentially two hundred dollars a week budget for food. Yeah, I mean, right. and that's literally your only expense. Yeah, and right? then they're give, like they give me like access to like their car and yeah. you know laundry, uh, laundry, and everything. everything else was taken care of basically. Yeah, like, basically like I said, food. they helped me a lot, like especially like the first year. Yeah, you know of um like 
Yeah, they didn't leave me like, oh, hey, good luck, you know, try to like find an apartment or something like that. Like they, like Elias and his wife, um, Erica, like they both like helped me a lot like that first year. And then I was like, okay, I could, I think I could take care of myself at, at that point, you know. Totally. And that's when, and that's when the uh, the two thousand uh, pay uh, happened <laughs> when, when I moved out. <laughs> got it, got it. Um, we're gonna dive into your time in Hawaii in one second. Uh, we're gonna jump into our sponsors real quick. <laughs> Uh, we want to give a shout out to Supreme Jerky uh, for sponsoring the first episode of the podcast. We're back from our sponsor break. Um, we're talking about we're talking to Billy about his uh, transition to Hawaii um, as he started his journey down uh, teaching uh, jiu-jitsu at the Gracie Bar Academy in Kapolei. Um, so those first, I would say, first few months, what was the biggest adjustment uh, living on your own? The um, man, food. Like because I was living with my mom, food was like ready for me. You right know? now, you have to fend for yourself, <laughs> eating ramen noodles, no more gourmet oh, Indian dishes. In the beginning, it was like uh, yeah, basically cup noodles and like poke bowls. Like poke bowl, I would um, I would uh, drive myself to the uh, safe food. Oh, sorry, Foodland. And then get a nice little poke bowl for lunch, and then I'll be I go to the academy around like twelve one o'clock, be eat my lunch there, and then like call people up, do all this other crazy stuff, and then wait for the class to start, and then I'm there basically the whole time until like eight o'clock or nine o'clock p.m. or something like that. What about socially? Um, did you have a difficult time meeting people, or was the academy a good source of you know being able to meet people? The coolest thing, especially in the jujitsu like environment, but I think uh, this is just a testament of how Hawaii is everybody's super nice like everybody's like like oh aloha you know like bring it in like the like the, everybody like you know how they just shake hands like in california and like in hawaii they give out hugs like you're, you're hugging everybody you know and uh that's what i really loved about hawaii and that was one of the biggest things that made me want to stay in hawaii was, was that aloha spirit like everybody was like super chill super cool and everybody loved it the it was cool too because um i actually did a a, a super fight in Hawaii, um, uh, like I think the first like month there, I think I was staying, or like mm -hmm. the first like two months or something like that. It was very, very early when I uh, moved. I think I remember that. Um, was that one of the ones that they were streaming on on clicking online or like? On uh, the, like I don't know if that was on the, on the line. I, I, think I know the, I know you had a few of those. Right? I had a couple of those. I think the one you're talking about was Fight to Win, which I did later on. Okay. Uh, this was like a different one, which is very similar, which is a submission only fight. It was a 20 minute submission only fight. And I remember um, uh, that kind of not put me on the map, but like everybody thought like um, nobody knew who I was basically mm -hmm. in the jiu-jitsu community in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And I remember this guy, his name was uh, Nick Merckx. And uh, he was a brown belt, and I was a brown belt. And then everybody uh, was uh, saying like, "Oh, Merkham, like this guy, like this, like I don't know what they were saying in the crowd, but they, they everybody was very confident on the opposite guy on the other end. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it was a twenty-minute submission-only fight. And then uh, what happened was, I think I jumped triangle like within like the first like ten seconds, and then tri like thirty seconds later, I tapped him out with the armbar triangle. And then everybody was like quiet. <laughs> they didn't they didn't say anything else after that. And then I think that's what really put me on the map, like. Oh, this guy's uh, actually pretty good. This guy's actually a pretty good uh, big deal or something like that. Um, I don't know if it was, like, that big of a deal. But, I mean, everybody at, the, at my academy, at least, and everybody and all the other jiu-jitsu schools, they're like, oh, wow, this guy's pretty good. 
So I remember one guy came up to me afterwards. He gave me like a twenty dollars $20 or something. I think he betted on me and gave me twenty bucks. <laughs> oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, man, there was betting. I think going I was on. A, I think I was an underdog or something like that. <laughs> awesome, awesome. You had your first super fight, um, yeah, so. and that fight against Nick Merckx kind of put you on the map of the jiu-jitsu community in Kapolei. Uh, yeah, more, 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 like, like the, at the academy, everybody like, oh, wow, he's actually really good. Like, man, that's that's awesome to see, you know? And I think Elias at the time, too, would, would hi highly talk about me uh, as well um, at the academy, too. So, I mean, uh, people were already excited that I was already there, but that fight kind of, that was kind of cool to see. Like, witness, them witnessing that, too. So. Got it, got it. Yeah. And you were teaching uh, classes already at that point, at right? That, oh, yeah, I think uh, by, by the first day, Hey, I was like as soon as I moved there I was already I was already in it I was already like ready to work and let's do it got at it, that got time it. so sure. was that a confidence boost when you um, beat Nick Marks um, uh, yeah I guess so you could like, say I that I guess uh, <laughs> what I want to ask is like when did you realize that you were actually good at jiu-jitsu good at jiu-jitsu uh, I mean I felt like I, I mean I to me personally I felt like I was good at jiu-jitsu as a blue belt I felt like you know, that, I know a lot of high achievers are like oh, they never feel like they're good enough. They're always striving for the, better. The, I mean, there's like a there's like a moment in jiu-jitsu where it kind of clicks and jiu-jitsu kind of makes sense. And um, that at that time that was like around like blue purple belt era. Um, you were doing tournaments at the time. That was when I was doing like uh, I was competing a lot more. Yeah, at that time for sure too. Uh, not like a lot, but I was just competing more than than my all my other belts for sure. And, and um, uh, when you started jiu-jitsu, you probably had some peers, right? And I feel like uh, you accelerated. Beyond your peers, oh you yeah, learned at more the academy, quickly. yes, yeah. yes. As a student, I mean, uh, as as a student, because I was going like every day, right? For sure, like so that, that attributed to your success, for sure. Yeah, I mean, like w you could you could apply that with anything. Yeah, you know, exactly. you, if you if you study hard enough, you're going to be more smarter in that in that era, right? right? So when it comes to jiu-jitsu, when you go six seven days a week for at least two two yeah. hours two and a half hours, like for sure, your your skills going to skyrocket. Uh, do you think uh, uh, your physical ability also contributed to that? Uh, I mean, I was I was pretty flexible at the time, and then um, but the one thing was I wasn't very strong. So when I was um, as a as a younger belt, like white belt, blue belt, I remember a lot of people overpower me. So luckily like my technique uh, helped me get better so like to to the point where I was like okay I don't have to rely on my strength because this guy's gonna overpower me like no matter what I do he's gonna beat me like nine times out of ten so the only thing I could rely on was my technique and I think that's what really helped me the most was was um, when I because I was focusing on my technique so much it just grew my tech my skills that much more and my technique just got better that that way as but well. You know so, what I've noticed though when I'm rolling with you that you do have a ton of power. You do feel strong. So the <laughs> thing is, because you focus so much on your technique, as your strength started catching up with that, that mm. made you even better, right? So you had that yeah. foundation down. Yeah, I guess you could think of it that way. Well, I guess you could say like the man strength, right? Like I, I but think you don't lift weights. The, no, not, not as, no, not that as much. As far as I can see, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that much. No, I, I've been recently trying to go to the gym, right? But not nothing too crazy. Because you don't like, carry a lot of muscle, but you just have this innate think, energy. Yeah. Think about it this way. Um, a golf swing, right? If you have the right technique, you don't have to swing full full sport, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. If you do it with the right technique, you can launch the ball. Oh, so 100%. I think it's similar in that regard, right? If you have oh, the yeah. right technique, you don't necessarily need that strength to be successful in it. Yeah, and that and that's uh, I mean, that's a good analogy to put it as, you know, there's precision, there's uh, you know, like technique when it comes to golf, and it's the same thing with jiu-jitsu where there's also precision, there's technique, and there's 
uh, places where you got to put your body, where you got to put your legs. Same ways as like anything else that you say, you know, kicking a football or kicking a whatever, you know, a soccer I'm taking ball. it a, a level further, uh, I noticed it's a lot of like positioning, angles, yes. and uh, grip strength. Oh, 100%. Right. 100%. I mean, grip strength is always going to be part of it. And um, and then that's just gradually what you're going to yeah. be working on right. as, with your jiu-jitsu career anyways. I, I did heavily work on my grip strength by, like, you know, like throwing, like, the gi over, like, a bar and, like, doing pull-ups or just hanging on to mm-hmm. the gi or something like that. So that really helped on my grip strength a lot. I remember one, one guy was saying, like, my grips were, like, crazy strong um recently and then um and i I didn't even realize but uh but uh i guess i guess it is like i can bench press 300 pounds right sure but i was having a hard time getting out of your grips yeah yeah that's just that's jiu-jitsu right there so billy um let's do this let's fast forward now Mm -hmm. um you went to kapalay now let's fast forward to when you took over the academy um well, can you tell us a little bit about the differences of being, you know, hey, you're teaching classes here and there under Elias's watch. Right. Now to you being the main guy at the academy. What was a big change for you in that the, regard? The, as far as like, like, um, like, as far as responsibility goes, right, that was kind of a big change. But as far as like, you know, teaching and... And like how I want people to look at me, like I, I didn't, I didn't want that to be a huge change. Like I, I still uh, want people to know who, like my professor is, Professor Elias. You know, I, I still want people to know. So I actually still have his picture up um, on the wall next to Master Carlos and myself. You know, so I didn't put his picture down. You know, mm-hmm. so I still keep it there just because I want him. And um, and the other thing was too, like I didn't, I didn't want to be like, oh yeah, like I'm the. I'm the head guy now, you know. Let me, uh, let me just boss everybody. Like I didn't really like that. Like I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't. To be honest, I like being like um, part of the, like the team, but like that that fact of me wanting to be like okay, like I'm the main guy. Everything's over my shoulders. It was kind of like scary in the beginning, you know. But then, um, it, and then you just kind of get used to it. To be honest with you, but Billy, I mean, let me tell you this. I know you. You're a fun guy, very, yeah. um, like to have fun, joke around, oh, yeah. um, and, you know, just a pleasure to be around. So you have a good time. But now when you're, like, the main guy, did you notice that you had to tone that down a little bit to show, like, hey, I'm the leader of this uh, this this academy now? Yes, I mean... <laughs> A little yes and no, because you always want to have good energy when mm-hmm. you're like, for example, teaching classes or good energy, you know, like even off the mats even, you know, too. So like I always and I, that's like I'm not going to change my personality because like I feel like there's like, I mean, I'm sure I have my faults. Right. But I mean, I believe I think uh, the way I'm teaching and the way I'm doing things is 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 fine in my way, you know. And I mean, it just goes to show how, um, you know, I'm just how everybody else is at the academy as well you know we all treat each other with respect you know and then that's that's all i really care about for sure yeah do i do i you know not act so silly as much as i used to for sure you know i don't i don't you know there's something you gotta have to be careful you gotta watch you know you always gotta watch what you say obviously you know but but it's like times 100 you know because you're like everybody's everybody's gonna be learning off of you you know so like i don't want people to like when people hear me say like i don't know like bad things you know i don't want other people to think like it's okay to say those bad things you know even though i try not to say those anyways but but yes for sure the to answer your question like there there was a uh, sense of like responsibility where i was like okay i can't be you know acting like a fool you know because i don't want anybody else to be <laughs> like that as well you know especially at the academy so 
tell us a little about some of these cool programs you've been doing as now the leader of the Gracie Barra Kapolei. Uh, you put on this clinic by a famous uh, jiu-jitsu mar- uh, MMA person, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so our most recent one, we had actually had Marcelo Garcia, uh, a very uh, a well-known jiu-jitsu uh, practitioner. Um, he's just a legend when it comes to... Uh, jiu-jitsu so we actually had marcelo garcia not too long ago do a, a nice little two hour I, I believe two uh hour and a half two hour seminar uh, not too long ago and then we actually had nikki rod uh, as well who did a seminar too which was uh, kind of a big deal because a lot of people he's kind of a little bit i, I want to say up and coming but he's already well known right now and uh, he did a really good fight recently with uh, gordon ryan and then uh, i think just um not too long ago a uh, couple i think yesterday he just got the uh, announcement that he, that he posted. He's gonna be fighting uh, Felipe um, Felipe Pena. Nice. It's gonna be a pretty sweet. And sweet those fight. clinics you did, um, they were exclusive for only uh, Gracie Barracapale students, right? Hundred yeah, percent. Yep. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I, I, the the one thing I definitely love to do is always give back to my students. And um, the obviously there's not a lot of things I can do individually, but uh, as a whole, this is one this is one way I could give back. So. I have a question on that, sorry. Um, so, generally speaking, when there's some big-name person to do a clinic, they usually open it up for everyone. What was your hesitation on doing that? The, it, it, so, it's not about um, them wanting to open up for everybody. It's just, it's basically whoever's, whoever's paying. It's, it's the, they're organizing, basically. But isn't there a benefit to doing that? To opening, opening it up, up for everyone. Uh, I mean, I mean the benefits. I guess you could be is where where it will look good on my part. I guess you can say, but if, personally speaking, I, I don't care what people think about me outside the academy. You know, I only, uh, I want the benefits for for my students to get the best type of quality of jujitsu. But wouldn't it also have opened it up to um, greater exposure for your academy? Get new students. The a- thing about the thing about Hawaii because it's such a small island. And uh, um, it, like every every jiu-jitsu school knows every every other jiu-jitsu school, uh, the exposure is already out there. You know, okay. Like it's it's not it's not it's not gonna make a big impact. Whereas like like oh my god, Grace about a couple days opening up a, another clinic for free. Um, it's gonna be amazing, you know, for them. Like it, like to me, it doesn't not doesn't help. not necessarily, you know, poach students from other academies, but sure. hey, um, greater exposure. Somebody who's maybe interested in jujitsu says, sees, hey, look at this clinic that's being put on by uh, the Gracie Barra Capole, and okay. they're opening it up to people. Hey, I want to go check it out. Yeah, and I and I come check out this clinic. Hey, this is awesome. Uh, hey, can I sign up for your thing? Yeah, you know? but in a way, we kind of already get that from our students where they post it up on on their. So Social media, anyways, yeah. you know. So we're already getting that that exposure. Excuse me, that exposure out there um, already, you know. And to be honest, like most of our signups as well is through word of mouth. You know, a lot of them is, is through online too, but most of them is word of mouth. They talk about us. Awesome. Yeah. So another another thing that I did uh, pretty early on when I took over was um, the mat space. I, I, the mat sp- because we were overflowing. Um, we didn't have enough space for everybody, so I was thinking ahead, like, okay, what can I do? You know, either find a new location or just put more mats in. So we we uh, took out a lot of the seating areas mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. and then we actually put more mats in. That's awesome. So yeah. so I mean, more and, space for people to roll. Exactly, yeah. and and the parents too, like for the kids' parents, uh, the kids uh, in there, like nobody was complaining about it. Like, oh, more 
uh, mat space for the kids. All right, perfect. I, I don't mind standing. Mm -hmm. like, so the parents stand the whole time? Yeah. We, we, now, recently, we just got some, like, benches uh, that uh, um, our Professor Leo, uh, who made them and, and everything. So he does a f fantastic job of uh, making benches and doing all sorts of things at the academy. So now we finally got some, like, chairs and stuff like that out there. So, yeah. So I think uh, this question hinges on the fact that uh, the Hawaiian business landscape operates a little bit differently than mainland. And so I think Billy has found that over time by being in the business in Hawaii, seeing what works, what Absolutely. doesn't work from a marketing perspective, Absolutely. and realizing that putting on a clinic and opening it up is not going to do much from a marketing perspective. It's more so the word of mouth advertising that's been working for you. Nah, yeah, hundred percent. You know, and again, like, like, uh, there's not a lot of crazy things that I'm doing as far as like marketing. Or, and you're at capacity anyway. We are. Right? You have a waiting we're, list now. We're pretty full on most of the classes. Where right. we're have, have, you, have you had more thoughts on opening up a second <clears throat> location? A second location would be fantastic. I think that would be, I mean, there's plenty of space for more jiu-jitsu to be all right. over the island. You would know, you be able sure. to manage a second location? Uh, I mean, if I get the right team, for sure we could. Isn't that the hardest part? That's, that's, you know, yeah. Do you yeah. currently have enough of a team to spread out to a second location? Um, we we could definitely do do something like that for sure. And you know, it's going to start out small anyway, so it's not going to be like you're going to have 300 students right away. No, of course. And you'll have time to build it. it, it that's that's all the schools are, right? By, by the way, like you, you don't see the the income coming in um, like the first like month or so. Like right. it's going to get take take some time to generate for yeah. sure, you know. But since we're on the west side of Oahu, which is uh, the Suburb area side, mm -hmm. um, it's a couple A basically. Um, we only get like that side of like I guess you could say uh, the consumer side of that uh, on that island only. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's a there's a, a gold gold mine on Waikiki, which is you know much more heavily populated and a lot more people there too. And then I mean the the growth of jujitsu is is definitely going to be you know there's all a over the large there. appetite for jujitsu schools in Waikiki. You're saying yeah, I mean Waikiki for sure. But so I there's mean, zero even, schools there currently. No, no, there are some schools there, right? But no Gracie Baja schools, you know. So that's cool another cool thing like i'm on the, i'm the only gracie bar school in oahu mm -hmm. oh and really yeah yeah so oh. i'm the only one over there so and so is what's the with these other schools have you been there have you looked at them or is there are they not as good as gracie no, so so i don't like talking bad to any school so but uh what i will say was would be like i me personally i never been to another school just because i never had to like i never was like oh let's go train over there i don't mind cross training if like my students want to go cross train no problem you know i'm never gonna say no to that or you know bad mouth them or mm -hmm. for whatever reason for that if they want to cross train and make their jiu-jitsu better you know so be it no problem you know yeah uh but me personally i always felt like i got my training and i i felt like i was okay to train at my the, at the school you know even even when i was just uh as a worker not the owner i was i, I got my my the training that i needed at Coppola. Uh but um what i will say about other schools uh and this is from not my words but from other students where they would be like they'll be talking about it again i don't like talking uh, bad about anything because I think I think all the jiu-jitsu schools are doing fantastic especially in Hawaii I, I feel like everybody should be doing jiu-jitsu if it's Gracie Baja or you know any other jiu-jitsu school out there that's over there you know it just whatever you guys wherever you guys want to train wherever you guys want to do it you know just do it Does you guys pick and choose you know where you guys want to be but um for sure what I felt like um I'm pretty strong and I and I abide by this where we have actually have really good structure 
I feel like we have a really good a foundation where we can help people build their base of jujitsu and then work their way up to better themselves to do more advanced techniques, mm -hmm. you know. So we kind of, I mean, we have a fundamental class, then we have the advanced class. Fundamentals, then, we have seven days a week. And I think a lot of that comes from your teaching experience. You have oh. many years of teaching experience. And on top of that, you've been trained by people with many decades of experience. 100%. Right. Yeah. Uh, that, so so my, my way is not my way, you know. Right. My way is Gracie Baja's way, right. which is essentially Master College Gracie Junior. Right. You know, all the way down to the lineage of you know, Master College Gracie Senior. You know, like like it was their way and they, they created the wheel. I'm just, you know, working it basically. Right. So Billy, you're a black belt. Yes. You own your own academy. What's next for you and Oh man, right now just Right now, just living life, man. Just uh, continuing just to thrive. Um, what about uh, competitions? Are you looking to get involved in some more competitions anytime to, uh, soon? Nothing, nothing too crazy with the competitions right now. Just because I'm just heavily focusing on the academy and just wanting to just you know help build the 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 school as much as I can for sure. That's what I was basically doing the first year when I took over of 2022. Now that's that now that it's 2023 and the and the school is basically you know self sustaining as it is. I, um, I I could definitely think about wanting now to get back into competition training, competition mode. Mm -hmm. I've been kind of slacking on that, to be honest. Do you uh, miss it? Uh, definitely. I love uh, anytime when Fight to Win comes or any other tournaments that uh, some of the students are doing. Like, I always been like, dang, like, oh, man, I feel like, I feel like getting in there, you know? Have you faced uh, Mr. Nick Merckx again? No, I think he fight? moved. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I think he left. I mean, uh, anybody <laughs> after that defeat would end up moving. <laughs> yeah, I think. Hey, shout out Nick Merckx. If you want to jump on the podcast uh, uh, to hear your take on it, hit us up. We'll, we'll, Better we'll make yet, it how about we do a live rematch? <laughs> Ooh, baby. All right, well, the Gauntlet Challenge has been put. Yeah, down. Hey, I don't uh, know where he's at, but if he's listening, sign me up. Let's do it. <laughs> Nicky Murray, get on us. Unless you put him in retirement, you know. I, I, I believe he was still training. I'm not 100% sure, but I think he was still training. And I, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, right. he got his black belt. All right. Well, we'll, do, we'll let the power of the internet find Mr. Nick Merckx, and we'll see if we can set that up. Somebody in the comments, please at him. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, just building up the academy and possibly yes. getting to more competitions again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, again, man, the, the school's doing fantastic. Great. Uh, it's just, it's just, um, man, another thing is too, like sometimes we forget that we, um, I, I live in Hawaii and yeah. it's, it's literally paradise over there. And sometimes you just get caught up at work and you don't, you don't remember where you're at. So sometimes I got to open up my eyes a little bit and kind of, kind of relax a little bit too. So luckily, uh, luckily I'm kind of starting to do that right and now. A quick side plug um i have to say i've known billy for many years and um he's a, a child at heart and i think that speaks to his ability to teach children jujitsu uh he's a, he's a great teacher for adults as well but i i see his uh teaching skills becoming better and better over time uh he was teaching my own kid in the living room just yesterday and i was super impressed by how much better he was and teaching jujitsu than some other people like myself even you know mm -hmm. and uh so uh <laughs> it just demonstrates billy's improvement and his growth over the years and i'm just i'm just hugely impressed yeah i appreciate that man I, especially I, coming from homer man that means actually a lot because... yeah no and i mean billy <laughs> just hands down we're all really proud of you man oh, no, thank you. you know like we're really happy with your success uh we want to see you continue to succeed you know continue growing uh, Gracie Barakapale, you're doing fantastic, and honestly, Thank we're you. all really proud of you, Billy. Thank you, guys. Uh, and Billy, you were saying, uh, especially coming from Mamaroo. No, I was just saying, especially. <laughs> 
I was just gonna say, uh, especially uh, coming in from Homer, you know, this is literally the guy that kind of got me started yeah. with this. And then I think without Homer, you know, it's just like, I don't think any of, like, we probably wouldn't even be here. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right. So let's shift the, the conversation. I mean, without Homer, uh, this podcast might have been about me. <laughs> <laughs> I probably wouldn't be in this podcast. <laughs> and this camera will be looking at you. <laughs> yeah, <For> no, sure. <laughs> so let's shift a little bit. Let's talk to Homer now. Uh, Homer, uh, you know, you've had an interesting, interesting career uh, in terms of your background. Uh, you started off uh, working at some law firms. Uh, you went to a consulting firm. Um, and now you're back at a, a large law firm now. Um, how's it been, uh, the con- transition between uh, working at a big four to a big law? Um, the transition uh, has been difficult, to say the least. So initially speaking, I was focused on international tax work, uh, a lot of cash repatriation, uh, FTC planning, which is foreign tax credit planning, uh, and then the changes in the laws. Uh, as you guys know, in 2017, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act was passed, uh, introducing a host of new tax laws. And uh, one, for example, being the Global Intangible Low Tax Income Tax under Section 59, Cap A. Um, that involves uh, a lot of uh, diff- anti-deferral regime for foreign... <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hang on, hang on, hang on. I think. Hey, <laughs> wait, hang on. I think we're gonna pivot. <laughs> I think we're gonna pivot. <laughs> um, <laughs> you saw. <laughs> hang on, hang on. You see. <laughs> you saw Amy. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Ruben Aviona from University of Michigan, get at me, please. <laughs> okay, okay, we're gonna pivot. <laughs> tell, tell us about your UFO encounter. <laughs> um, Wait, yeah, what about the taxes? <laughs> okay. uh, I think some of our viewers want to know: Is Billy single? <laughs> No, I'm not. <laughs> Ooh, ladies. That reminds me of a poem. One of my favorite poems, The Oil of Minerva. <laughs> but anyways, ba- very, bad, very bad inside joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Edit that part out. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so hey, I want to thank you guys both for jumping on the podcast. Hey, thanks for the invite. Um, I'm just glad to be here. Yeah, no, this is, uh, you know, this is our first time doing this. Uh, this reminds me of the Jimmy Kimmel uh, end of show when Matt Damon's about to be on. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this guy again? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um, hey, John. Um, <laughs> wait, wait. Is like that? You mentioned you were at the big four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How much more time do we have? We got about 10 seconds. Um, uh, that's all rules. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, all right. Uh, so, hey, thank you guys both for jumping on. Uh, we will keep uh, the viewers uh, informed as far as the next date. Uh, Billy, we're going to have Billy back on. <laughs> Talk about more jiu-jitsu. Uh, John, uh, if you're available, we'd love to have you join us. Too. Oh, I, I think I have something to do that night. 